Well, hello there. This is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you found your way somehow to our podcast, This Week in the Word. We're in a series from 1st to 2nd Peter called Hope for Hard Times. This is episode three, Loving Our Unseen Lord. It's the episode for Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. I want to highly recommend to you a book entitled Bees in a Believer's Behavior, Studies in 1st Peter, by my new friend, Dr. David R. Clark. I had the privilege of meeting Dr. Clark and his wife, Linda, recently, and Dr. Clark graciously gave me an autographed copy of this wonderful exegesis of the book of 1 Peter. I highly recommend it. It's published by Morris Publishing, and you can contact Morris Publishing and perhaps get a copy for yourself at 1-800-650-7888. But the reason I mention bees in a believer's behavior by Dr. David Clark is he tells a great story. He tells of being on a preaching trip and on a flight coming back near Denver, massive turbulence hit the aircraft upon which he and others were passengers. He said he's never been in turbulence like that. It threw the stewardesses against the wall. It threw the drinks everywhere. It was a mess. Finally, with clearance, the pilot was able to drop to a lower altitude, and they resumed a smooth flight. You know, sometimes, though, we have to get out of a storm by going through the storm. Now, that's kind of what we've seen in the first couple of episodes of Hope for Hard Times. And if you've just joined us today for the first time, you still have time to go back this week and listen to episode one and episode two, and you'll be right up to date. But I can kind of sum up some of the ideas that that we can get from the episodes that we've seen so far. And it's sort of like the athlete said, if you don't go through nothing, you won't be nothing. And that's for sure true. And we've heard, I think, cowboy wisdom, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And then we learn from those in the military that some of the deepest bonds on planet Earth are formed in a common struggle, a common battle, when people suffer and bleed together for their cause. And remember this, the best buddy is a battle buddy when you need one. Well, let's review 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 that we've seen so far. We're not going into detail, but go back and listen to episodes 1 and 2. So this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, starting there. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to hit some high points of what we've seen uh, based on what I just read. Peter is an apostle. He writes to the church in western Turkey and northwestern Turkey in the first century. So when he wrote this, it was only about roughly 30 years after the death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. So some time has passed, but not too much time. But it's getting close to the time where Peter is now becoming an older man, and he knows that eventually he is going to follow the steps of the Savior. He will die a martyr's death, and he knows this. So he wants to strengthen the church because they are already going through some degree of suffering, and it would only get worse. He reminds them in verse 2 that they're elect. You know, if you're a Christian today, I can't explain all of this, and nor am I going to try to do so. But if you're a Christian, God chose you. It's true. (laughs) Even though it's also true, whosoever will may come, it's a fact that if you come, you were chosen specially chosen by God, God the Father. And it says through sanctification of the Spirit, we are set apart for the purposes of God. And then it says unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are, we are sanctified and set apart and redeemed for a purpose by the blood of Christ. And it's that we might be obedient to him and serve Really, him serve, uh, we serve him by letting him live through us, but we follow the Lord's leadership. So we see that. And then in verse 3, we notice there that we've been born again, begotten us again. <laughs> we've been regenerated unto a lively hope. And the idea in the Greek is a living hope. Now, why is that? Because we we think some wonderful things about the Lord Jesus Christ and that he was a, quote, great teacher and all of that that people sometimes say, trying to dodge who he really is. He is God. We are begot- he hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, a living hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus Christ literally, actually, physically, in space-time history, just like we think about 
things really happening, Jesus Christ destroyed death. On the third day, he conquered death, rose from the dead. He is the only person in world history to resurrect himself from the dead. Even the people the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected during his earthly ministry all died again later. Jesus Christ stands unique in history. Now, we notice here that we have this living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse four, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So let's just say that the the first readers of this first letter of 1 Peter in the first century, let's say that they said, but Peter, we are suffering so much, we're losing our jobs, we have nowhere to live, we can barely buy food. This is terrible. You know what? It was terrible. And it's going on around the world right now. And it's still terrible. And it could begin to happen in the, the Western world as well, in America and Canada and Europe and so on. And it will be terrible. But you know what? We have an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away. Guess what? It's reserved in heaven for you and me. It's never going to be lost. Nothing's ever going to happen to it. It's not going to be taken away. No one's going to steal it. Nobody who hates us is going to be able to say, you can't have that. It's our inheritance, and God is reserving that for us. So whatever we may lose here, I'm pretty safe in saying it will be infinitely replaced by our inheritance in heaven. Say amen right here. Amen. Verse five, who are kept by the power of God. God, God. God watches over us and guards us. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So even though they were going through difficult times, they, their salvation could not be taken from them. Their soul could not be taken from them. Nothing could actually really touch them and their salvation, nor their inheritance. They were bulletproof on that point. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, and, and think about this, whatever suffering we go through, whether it comes apparently from people, or it comes obviously from Satan. He's obviously the ultimate source of that, but however it may be delivered, <laughs> wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, that's a short time, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. These are, these are trials not sent or allowed to destroy us, but to prove who we actually really are. We'll, we'll make it through. Why? Why does God allow all of this? That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So when our faith goes through the fire, it's just made purer and stronger, right? That's for sure but it's far more valuable than gold that men go crazy about. It, gold will 
Gold would be nothing in heaven. The streets are paved with it, okay? Think about it that way. Now, I, I think they're paved because they're also beautiful. But we would do mankind, I wouldn't, but many people would do almost anything to get gold. To me, it's just a, a mineral or whatever it is, whatever. <laughs> but our faith, is infinitely more valuable than whatever value could be put upon gold by people. And here's the thing we saw at the end of the episode last week, that uh, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When we meet Jesus, hear me well, when we meet Jesus, he is going to praise and honor and, and give us glory because of what has been done by him in our lives, not because we're so great, because of what he's done. He's able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That praise and honor and glory is what w- we will receive when we see him. Think of it as the, the rewards of the believer after the church is raptured from this earth after a believer in Christ dies in this life and is carried by the angels to heaven. Listen, let me tell you what. No matter what we go through, it's all gonna be worth it, all of it. And we might not always be able to see that right now, whether it's it's physical suffering, sickness, poverty, oppression, tyranny, whatever may come our way. It doesn't matter. We will not even remember this when we leave this life. It will be so insignificant because it's all working for us, as Paul said, an eternal weight of glory. I mean, put what we're going through in this life on one side of a scale and put what we're gonna receive on the other, boom, we win. There's there's not even a comparison. But, there is another aspect that enables us, that that reigns over all that we've seen, and it's loving our unseen Lord. Have you ever wished that you could see the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, physically. Hear him teach. He appears to you. But just to see him, and one day we will. But sometimes we think that would just be wonderful in this life. And it probably would be. Without a doubt, it would be. But let's look at that. And, you know, humanly, we would think, you know, if I could just see the Lord, then I could go through anything. Well, that might not be the right way to look at this. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're only going to look at two verses before we close today. Verse eight in 1 Peter chapter one. Whom, who's that talking about? Well, the last one mentioned in verse seven is Jesus Christ, okay? So that's the whom verse eight is talking about. Whom, having not seen, that is, we've never seen him in the past and we are not seeing him now, you know, with our eyes, whom having not seen, ye love. And that's in the present tense. We are continuously not having seen him, 
but we are continuously loving the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we've never seen, and we're not seeing him now. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, as we're just believing in him, trusting him, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, we can't even, when we think about it, we can't even put into proper language the joy that we have when we stop and consider the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done, what he's going to do, that he's coming again, that we can't lose. It's hard to put that into words, and it's, it's full of glory. Now, verse 9 says, receiving the end of your faith, that is the, the telos, the goal, the destination, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Recently, I've been through some, you know, compared to what the world goes through, nothing probably, but I've been through some things and been in some situations where I just had to remind myself in the middle of them, all I have to do is get through this. Get through this, get out of here when the Lord says it's time, and I'm home free. It's all over, and it's nothing but good after that. That's all I've got to do is get through this. But you know, when I consider our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ, makes it even better, even better. There was a pastor named W.H. Griffith Thomas, and if you're guessing, I bet he was British, you'd be right. Uh, only they have names like that. Pretty cool names, though. W.H. Griffith Thomas, who was born, I believe, in 1861, and he died in 1924. But he was, uh, check this out. <laughs> he was in the Church of England. He was an Anglican preacher, but he was a dispensationalist. That is, he clearly understood what the Bible teaches about God's dealings with the Gentiles, with the nation Israel, and with the church of God, and the 70th week of Daniel, and the rapture of the church, and the tribulation, and the return of the Lord, and all of that. And it just blows my mind that W.H. Griffith Thomas, being in the Church of England, clearly understood all of that. But he, he wrote at one point about the, right here in this passage, about the Christian triad. Those three things, you don't have to use the word triad, that's what he used, of faith, hope, and love. You've heard of that. Remember that from 1 Corinthians 13? Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You remember that, that passage? I didn't quote it exactly right, but you could go back and read it. Faith, hope, and love. W.H. Griffith Thomas said that faith tells us about what we've exercised toward the Lord Jesus Christ in the past. Love is about loving him in the present, and hope is about our future hope in him and his return and our ultimate salvation into heaven with him. Faith, hope, and love. Now, you know, sometimes 
I will get into a situation or I'm with other people and they get into a situation and, and, and the question comes up, how? Well, I don't have to know how. I just have to know him. Amen? I don't have to know how. I just have to know him. And I hope you will remember that as you go through the next uh, wave of trials and suffering or even persecution that you may go through. If people around you are fearful to say, well, well how, how will this work out? What will we do? Well, I don't know how. I just have to know who. I just have to know him. He'll figure it out. He doesn't have to figure it out. He, that, the idea that a problem comes up and he's got to think about it. He already knows the answer. But here in his physical life, I don't know. But you know what? There's nothing in the Bible that says, I've got to figure it out. I don't have to know how or what or where or when. I just have to know him. I just have to know who. Amen? Listen, this has been a short episode, but I want you to think about what we've talked about. Now, I'm going to give you a phone number, and here it is. 888 888- 388-2683. Pastor Ed, why'd you give me that phone number? I'm glad you asked that. I gave you that number because some of you listening today, you know that you are not actually a true born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, even though you may be a member of a church somewhere. You're in some uh, version of Christian religion, but you know you're not born again because all of this hope I'm talking about, you don't have it. Forgiveness of sin and peace that comes from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't experience that. And you know that you've just kind of been playing church. Maybe you made some, quote, decision when you were younger or even as an adult, but it was years ago, but but you know that right now in your life, it has no actual relationship or reality to who you are or what you do or what you think or anything about every day. Now, I can't from here, or, or even if I was right there with you, I can't tell you if you're lost or saved, but the Holy Spirit will tell you. And for some of you, he's telling you that you are not. It's time to become a real Christian. Maybe you have questions or you need help. Call 888-388-2683. Now that's not this week in the Word, but it is a Christian ministry and they have counselors who can help you come to Christ. Or maybe you don't want to call anybody. You can go to www.com bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. So let me spell this because it's spelled a little unusually. The www dot, I'm pretty sure you got that. (laughs) But Bellevue, let me spell that. B-E-L-L-E, V as in Victor, U-E dot, O-R-G, Bellevue.org, forward slash J-E-S-U-S. Now, if you go there, you can find out how to become a Christian and how to grow in your Christian life. All right, hey, 
we have we had a short one today amen only two verses so listen as i've often said if the lord jesus doesn't come first and rapture the church or satan the deep state or the world economic forum don't double tap me then i'll be back next week with the fourth episode of first and second peter hope for hard times I'd like to ask you to do something right now, and I want you to do this. I want you to like this episode. I want you to share the episode with someone right where you're listening, and I want you to follow the podcast, and then you'll be notified uh, right away every week when I post a new episode. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and if I'm still around, I'll be back next week with episode four of Hope for Hard Times.